Wait, who did we say was going? You. Me. Yeah. Well, howdy, all you beautiful buttholes and ugly bastards. What is up, buttfuckers, anonymous people, and all you beautiful buttholes? I'm one of the hosts on this show, the Redneck Gnome. And I promise you, I'm going to get it right. I am your Redneck Yankee. There it is. Yeah. About fucking time. We're going to be doing something a little bit different for y'all this week. Um, This one's going to be kind of talking about how the Redneck Gnome and the Redneck Yankee kind of came together and met each other. Um, So it's going to be a little bit different. We'll, We'll be covering that just to kind of give you guys an origin story of sorts. Yeah. Um, we uh, we decided to do an or- origin story just to go ahead and get that shit out of the way while my fat ass was thinking about it. So, yeah. So, I don't remember what year it was. It had to have been around 2014 or 2015. Because that was when I started working out at the airport. Mm-hmm. And I had started working for a fueling company. And our job was to go around and fuel all the commercial flights that were coming in and out of the airport. And I think back then you were working on, um, oh, hell, what was it? U.S.? Uh, no, I think when I met you, I was on United. Okay. I think. I believe so. It might have been when DGS still had the U.S. Air contract before they merged with uh, American? Possibly? me well after that happened it switched over to envoy didn't it yeah it went to envoy air or yeah. envoy so, but yeah i definitely remember like us like starting to talk to each other and bumming smokes off of one another um was during your time over on united yeah yeah it was 2015 yeah, that sounds they, about right. Yeah, because they merged with American in 2015. Because I had left, because I was only with DGS for like maybe two and a half months before US Air merged and they lost that contract. And then I left and I came back like not even a month and a half later to DGS on the United side. Gotcha. Yeah, um, and most of the time I would get stuck working that side in the afternoons, um, covering all of the United flights that were coming in from about 1 until 9.30 at night. Yeah, 
back then, though, I'll say this, though. Back then, though, it wasn't as bad as it was before I hopped the fence and came over to ASIG. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, no, back in those days, it was almost a cakewalk. You yeah. had a few times of the day when it would be kind of a push. Um, yeah. But now for the rest of the time, it was easy. Yeah, that was back before that was back when United's operations was still up in the terminal before they moved it downstairs. Yep. And and whatnot. And that was back before United was only bringing in that was back when they were only bringing in one maybe two mainline aircraft a day before they upped it to like shit tons. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember having to go up in the terminal to get the uh, fuel loads and everything. And I hated doing it, too, because that door, if it caught you and you had to wait for security to come and undo the alarm. Yeah. Man, it was such a pain. Hey, I'll tell you this, though. That door was not as bad as the one over there on C-16 with Southwest. Oh, that thing would go off. It didn't matter if you sneezed before you even tried to, like, all you had to do was stand near it, and that alarm would start going off. <laughs> oh, shit. <coughs> but yeah, that that fucking gate. Fuck that C-16 door. Yeah, it can go to hell. I don't care about it. Yeah. But, yeah, we, that's where, that's out there where the, that was where the good, uh, me and this fuzzy bastard met, and God, we had a lot of good times out there. A lot of good times before that place just went to shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there used to be like a little smoking area with uh, lawn chairs set up out there. We used to just sit and hang out. Oh, hell yeah. Like, during during the spring, if you were one of – during the spring and you got put on Southwest, like, with me – I, I was on Southwest most of the time when I started, and during the spring, man, you dropped me off down at that gate, and I'll, I'll be down there all goddamn day just sitting on them little picnic benches and whatnot that they had posted all around Southwest. Yep. Bring you a book, your backpack, bring your lunch down there. Get you yeah, I used to do it shit. all the time. I loved oh, yeah. I, I absolutely loved working Southwest because I hated – having to drive around to different gates. Mm-hmm. I hate to feel like I was on that much of a time crunch. I would rather just sit down in my spot and yep. wait for the planes to come to me. And I, I was, I was cool with that. Yeah. You know, back then before all the bureaucratic bullshit bukakery, you know, they didn't give a shit as long as you were getting shit done, not taking delays. They didn't give a fuck what yep. you were doing. I will say, though, I did smoke a lot more cigarettes when I was working. Oh, there. fuck. Yeah, man. God. Holy shit. Like back then, like. If you didn't show up. With at least. An unopened pack of cigarettes. And at least a half a pack, you would be fucked. 
Oh man, I went back when I was working doubles, like five days a week. Oh yeah. I was going through almost two packs a day. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like if you didn't show up with at least a pack, at least a pack and a half or two, you you'd be fucked. Because you'd have all the moochers that would come fucking bum from you, you know. And do you, know, you remember do you remember uh he he was gone before the time he started fueling, but he he definitely handled he was the one who trained me over there on United. Um, we used to call him Let Me Bum One Scott. No. We're just he was like a real scraggly looking dude. Um and I might he was he was I not a bad person. Least, if I thought yeah. least, I'd probably remember him. He was not a bad person, but anytime you had a cigarette, he would always come over and ask you, hey, man, let me get one. And it didn't matter who you were, if he had known you for two minutes. And he would never buy his own, ever. Because yeah. he didn't want his wife to find out he was sp- spending money on cigarettes. You know, I mean, there's sometimes, there's some people out there on the that we worked with. I finally got to the point, I'm like, look, man, I can't afford my own habits. I can't afford yours and mine, so I don't mind giving you a couple every now and then, but this every couple hours, every fucking day, shit, that's right. That's got that's got to stop. And then you get the ones be like, "Man, I thought we was cool." I'm like, "We cool, but I ain't cool enough to support your habit and mine." No, I definitely yeah, but that was the thing about you and me though. Like we always we would always help each other out though if we were low. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we we would always do that, and then like Reed and Kyle, we'd always, God, like let me let me, let me just throw a little backstory out there. When we worked out at the airport, it was me, you, it was me, the other host Brett, our good friend uh, Kyle, and our other good friend Reed, and. We can count Robert in there as well. And he wasn't there for very long. He wasn't there that long. And But if you put, and we still say this to this day, if you would put me, Brett, Reed, and Kyle on Southwest, just us four, and you let us do our shit, you'd have no fucking worries. You would know that fucking ramp would be taken care of. Yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about a thing. Uh, especially if Robert was out there too with us. Oh hell. They 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 knew as long as like they even knew if it was just me, Reed, Robert, and uh Kyle, they wouldn't have to they wouldn't have to worry about it. They wouldn't call us on the radio. They wouldn't say, hey, are you guys doing good down there? Whoever the lead was, they'd leave us the fuck alone. They'd be like, they'd call out the planes that are on the ground, and we'd be like, all right, got it. That's that, that's all they would do. They wouldn't, other than that, they wouldn't do shit. Besides maybe check in and be like, hey, you guys alive? Yeah, we're good. All right, just haven't heard anything. We're good. <laughs> right, and I mean, we would just... That was the whole point of being down there. It was like you sit, you watch your gates, you're doing fine. And as long as you're not off running around, you know, 
doing whatever yeah. fucker you could find to get into, it was not a problem. Oh. What were your worst pair of gates you would say that were out there on Southwest? Uh, before they started redoing things and they put the new jet bridges down there were like, um, what is it, 1925 or whatever. I don't remember. You know that corner I'm talking about, though. Yeah, the corner that you could see from the uh, uh, from, uh, the, from the building. Yeah. yeah. I I hated that spot. Four, seven, and nine, not a problem. I would take those all day long. Mm-hmm. I would too, because you know the only time they're ever going to use nine or uh, four is during their push. Yep. All you have and to worry about is seven to nine. You could count on a good steady push from like six thirty to eight. Yep. That's when you knew you were going to be hauling ass back and forth between all three. Yep. But no, man, it was it was good. I mean, down there, I didn't mind it. Mm-mm. You were the last guy to come up top at the end of the day. That is true. Just because you were all the way in bumfucked Egypt. Yeah, pretty. That's literally what four seven and nine was bumfucked Egypt. Yeah, you were separated from everybody else, kind of, but. Oh yeah, especially was, if you like if you're on four seven and nine and you know you got the radios and everybody else is over there where you can easily go back and forth. You're just like, hey, I'm over here. Hi. Right. <laughs> the only time the only time you'll probably ever the only time you'll ever get to run into your co the person you're working with out there on the ramp is if you're on nine and they're on fucking Charlie seventeen. Yep. That's it. Yeah, no, it was it was a cakewalk out there, man. It was a cakewalk. Yeah, there's a lot of times I miss it. I don't miss getting paid as little as we did when I was out oh, yeah. there. Well, now they've gave up their pay a lot now. Yeah, I know. I've seen that, but like, yeah. I couldn't go back to it if I wanted to, just because of the schedule. Oh. Mm-hmm. Dude, if I could go back to it, I would, but they would have to pay me just fueling a minimum of 21 an hour. Minimum. I would take that. I would definitely take that. Yeah. And that's just fucking give me three gates on Southwest. Don't fucking bug me. Let me do my shit. Leave me the fuck alone. Right. Be like, well... What if you want to come? I said, leave me the fuck alone. I will let you know when I want to come up. And that'll be when I say all my gates are done. They're fucking closed out. Come pick me up. <laughs> yeah, I would go down there with a whole fucking cooler and a thermos of coffee and just mm-hmm. hang out down there. Yep. The summers fucking sucked. But thank God for the air conditioned stairwells. Oh, they didn't have AC when I was there. Yeah, they, well, they were cooler it blew hot air hey i would take them fucking stairwells over fucking 98 degree humidity heat blasting off that fucking ramp (laughs) sitting outside yeah okay i'll kind of give you that but still like it was a hell of a workout too though oh yeah dude 
for all you guys out there, if you ever, if you're ever thinking about, you know, joining a joining the aviation field and or area, or you want to do something that's outdoorsy and whatnot, and if you don't like work and you don't mind working in the elements, because the only time that ramp shuts down is when there's lightning. Other than that, you're out there in rain, sleet, snow, winds, cold as fuck, hot as fuck. It don't matter. Go out there and fucking fuel. Especially if you're the kind of guy, if you want to, like, stay in shape. Because fuck a gym membership. That's your goddamn gym membership. Like I swear, I was 120 pounds lighter. Like, no joke. Oh, yeah. I was no 120 joke. pounds lighter than what I am right now because after I left that job, I got a job sitting at a desk all day. Fucking killed me, man. Mm-hmm. Like, no bullshit. Like, you're, y- y'all are probably going to sit back and be like, really? That's like, I'm telling you. Go out there on the YouTube land and Google commercial airline fuelers. There's videos out there. Watch what they do. And then he'll be like, oh, yeah, I can see why it's called, why you would say fuck a gym membership yeah you're up and down ladders all day stairs all the moose heads and dragging single points yeah you're dragging 30 to 50 pound single point hoses 30 to 50 pound moose head hoses pushing and pulling carts back and forth all day and all that shit's repetitive you know you do it over and over again then you got to wrap all that shit up so it's a lot of upper body arm work but and walking but i mean hey it's a damn good workout, dude. Yeah, that's the part I miss about it the most. I wish I could get a workout routine of just doing that. That's all I miss. Hey, we could probably do that. Just find an old, used, old-ass fucking fuel cart, set it up out in somebody's backyard, and be like, all right, motherfuckers. New kind of fitness training program right there. Right, exactly. Find like the old ones that have all the heavy shit on there. Oh yeah, that's made out of fucking steel, <laughs> like cast iron. Oof! Pick you up a fifty-pound moose head and wrap that shit all the way around the cart. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's great. Lots of good, fun times out there and whatnot. It's, it's great. Oh, yeah. We used to just bullshit around on the radio the whole time talking to each other. <laughs> bullshit on the round on the radio. It was funny. You get all the other airlines and ground crew companies out there, they're, and they're just looking at you, especially on American. And, and I remember I was standing out there at Southwest Gate right alongside American, and they're waiting for a plane to pull in, and some American guys were out there, and, all, and we're just – Cussing, talking back and forth on the radio, saying, yeah, fuck you, you bitch. I can outdo you, this and that. And one of the American guys comes over to me, well, envoy at the time, because I'd be like, they let y'all cussing shit on the radio? I'm like, yeah, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't give a well, fuck what it, we say. It, it depended on what time of day you were doing that. It, at yeah. least back when I was there. You were there for longer than I was. I got um, a tidbit about the redneck gnome for all y'all listening out there. I was fired from that job. Um, over but, some bullshit. Uh, it was. It was a little bit of bullshit. It was but, bullshit. Everybody fucking fought for you. Even the head guy in fucking United fought for you, and they still said nope. 
Well, I pinned that all back on that one supervisor that was over everything that night, but that's a oh. different story. Adam? Yeah. That's all right. He got fired for fucking drinking on the goddamn job. Yeah, well, I, I ain't trying to blast nobody right now. I'm just saying. Hey, I'll blast them. I'll blast I don't give a fuck. You probably ain't never going to listen to this shit. Anywho. He is the sole reason why your ass got fired. Back to my story. But like I was saying, Karma's a bitch and he came back and bit him in the ass. Back when I was working there, though, in the mornings on on the AM shift, you couldn't get away with as much shit. Oh, yeah. Because. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when Alan was there. Alan, Lloyd would even get on you sometimes. And back when Eddie was over everything, Eddie would sit and listen to the radio throughout the day, too. Yeah. See, I came in when Eddie left and it was Alan. Man, Eddie was such a good guy. I hated to see him leave. I mean, I get it. It was stressing him out to the max. I mean, he even had a heart attack over the job. But I just, I missed him. Um, he was a good dude. Yeah. But no, he he would be listening to the radio. Alan would. Lloyd would. Now, Lloyd was cool. Lloyd was one of the supervisors who would let you get away with a lot of stuff as oh, long yeah. as you still did your job right. Mm-hmm. And he's also the kind of supervisor where he would literally give you the shirt off of his back so you can get the job done. He would. He really would. Lloyd's a like, good man. Like, Lloyd, if you listen to this, if you stumble across our podcast and you listen to this episode, man, I just want to say, I know I put you through some shit. I know I did you dirty a couple times. I'm sorry for it, but you were one of the best, coolest, kick-ass fucking bosses I've ever had. Yep. Hands down. Yeah, yeah, I miss working with him. Um, but no, they would get on you if you started fucking around too much on the radio. Yeah. Now, the evening, afternoon shift, though, after everybody was gone, oh, it was game on, man. Oh, yeah, it was game on. Once Alan left for the day, off. Once you saw that white Ford Explorer go drive out them gates, You'd be like, all right, fuckers, it's on now. It's party time. <laughs> like, I literally think there's a couple of times where one of us was sitting at the end of the gate or at the end of the southwest ramp on them corner gates, and we were always looking watching for Alan to lead through them gates around, around 4.30, between 4 and 5 o'clock. And I swear some of us would get on the radio and be like, all right, guys, it's party time. This one new guy was like, what do you mean? Big boss is left. Let's have some fun. <laughs> and then somebody would inevitably try to piss off Kyle. Um, usually it was our uh, our good buddy Reed <laughs> yeah. with a Cartman impression over the radio. <laughs> yes. Be sitting there trying to do Cartman's voice singing Poker Face. Yes. That was great. Or instead of that, just playing it on his phone and holding down the microphone, and you're just like, exactly. And then Kyle would be like, God damn it, Reed. Remember when he got all those little cardboard cutout, like little bookmark things of 
Anderson Cooper. Yes, Anderson. And would start leaving them everywhere. Yes, start leaving just to piss Kyle off. Oh, it would piss Kyle off so fucking bad. Oh my god, dude. Speaking of them goddamn Anderson Cooper bookmarks and everything, you are not going to believe this shit. You found one, didn't you? I didn't find one. This was back when I first started, when I got hired on with Prime Flight. This girl's coming over from Menzies. Her name was Jessica. And she started out on Southwest. And I'd happen to talk to her, like, yeah, I worked on, you know, I worked over there with Menzies. I worked with Kyle and whatnot and Roberto. I've known Roberto forever and whatnot. And I asked her, I'm like, I asked her two questions. I'm like, one, did you, well, I asked her, a bunch of questions first i was like first one was i like did you ever work on southwest she was like yes i started i'm like okay did you ever see one of one or two things have you ever seen one or two things in the fuel panels of the older 700 series southwest aircraft and i'm like it would either be a sticker or a bookmark of anderson cooper and i kid you not she said yes I opened a fuel panel one day on one of them 700s, the older ones, and out pops the fucking Anderson Cooper staring at me. I'm like, yes! <laughs> I'm like, yes! She's like, why are you so happy? I'm like, long story short, a good buddy of mine, Reed, that worked with us at Menzies, got shit tons of Anderson Cooper bookmarks because one of the bookstores was throwing them out, and he would rip off like half of it so it would just be like his head down to like the middle of his chest and he would stick them in the fuel panels of all the planes he fueled to see if they, they would ever fly them planes back in well we had all left and don't forgot about it. so we've always wanted to we've always wondered if they were still in there and that just proves it right there <laughs> i'm like that's great I remember when he got those things and he started leaving them everywhere. And like, I remember popping open a few fuel panels after he started doing it. And I would find them in there and just be like, ah, all right, cool. And then yeah. he started pissing Kyle off with them, with leaving them everywhere where Kyle would find them. Oh, yeah. Leaving them in fuel panels, on his car, mm-hmm. in the lead truck. In the lean truck, inside the fuel carts, on the fuel carts. In the diesel truck. Yep. In the break room hiding. Yep. <laughs> oh, Lord. That was, that was some fun fucking times. Fun fucking times. But, yeah. So, yeah, when she told me that, I was like, that's fucking amazing. All right, so one thing I got to do while we're talking about the the stupid shit we used to do, and we were talking about playing on the radio earlier. Anytime I was down there and they would call a a flight being in range, meaning it's about to land for one of the gates that I was working on, you would always hear this sound after they told me. Yay. Yes. That would be the only way I would respond to anything coming into my gates. Yay. Yep. And little side note, you could always tell 
how his day was going by how he said it. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, if he was having a good day, it'd be like, yay. If he was having a shitty day, it'd be, yay. If he was having a mediocre day, you know, where he's feeling all right, but he's like, man, it would just be like, yay. <laughs> man, we used to do so much dumb shit. Oh. Going down there and fucking around in the Southwest Airlines break room because they hated us being in there. Yeah, we just did it. Forever. Go in there, get stuff out of their vending machines. Oh, yeah. No, it's not like they own the vending machines. No, they just didn't want us in their break rooms. Yeah, they just didn't want us in their break rooms. Like, and, ooh, you guys smell like jet fuel and diesel. Yeah, and we were using their vending machines. I literally told one guy, I'm like, I've got... Uh, I, I told him, I'm like... The dude who run who owns y'all's vending machines told me I can use them if I wanted to. And they're like, we are. I'm like, no, you don't. Y'all rent them and whatnot from the same guy that supplies our vending machines that we have in our break room area up in our office slash building area. And he told us if we ever wanted to use them, we can use them. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah a lot of the people like okay so some of the ramp people were cool I got along with some of the ramp people yeah but some of those guys were just straight assholes and they thought they were better just because they didn't have to do the fueling on the plane they thought oh well all I've got to do is toss some bags you know or I drive the pushback you know I'm mm-hmm. I'm better than you yeah and I'll just be like, motherfucker, we're working on the same plane. We're doing the same job, making sure it goes out on time. Yeah. There are some, like, there is a couple, like, there are some Southwest guys that were real cool, you know, and whatnot. And then there were some who were just complete dicks. I literally told one dude, I'm like, dude, he was trying to be an asshole to me. I'm like, motherfucker, if you don't stop being an asshole to me, I'm going to go to my boss and tell him, I'm not fueling this fucking plane, and then y'all's goddamn plane ain't going out because you're going to be waiting for me to come back when I got two other ones on the ground, so take your pick. I'm like, I always had more sh- issues with gate agents than I did ramp workers. Oh, God. They're fucking gate agents? Oh, my God. Some of them, dude, they would not drop you that fucking fuel slip slash load till that fucking plane's like 20 to 25 minutes away from fucking supposedly leaving the gate you're like hello this plane leaves in 20 minutes and it's fucking going to LA where's my fuel load right because you know it's going to take forever to fill that some bitch oh yeah you know it's going to take you at least 15 minutes 15 20 minutes at least and for anybody that doesn't know like hooking up the hoses and everything yeah that's the hard part but then you're stuck standing there watching these fuel gauges as you're fueling these planes and it doesn't measure by gallons on these things it measures by weight so you're sitting there watching this thing as it fills up and it takes a while to fill a plane with as much fuel as it takes to fly it from the where we were out to like la or um what was some of the other big ones seattle la Uh, seattle vegas um oakland Yep. Phoenix. 
Um, yeah, sometimes I feel like Phoenix was almost worse than L.A. Yeah. Anywhere that was flying past uh, Dallas would be your heavy loads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then you're stuck standing up under the wing of a plane for like 15, 20 minutes filling this thing up. And if the person who's supposed to be giving you the fuel load, the people working the gates, you know, the same people who stand up there and scan your boarding passes, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones who drop the tickets. I don't know if they still do it that way, but that's the way it was done oh, whenever they, I was there. They still do it that way. They still yeah. drop tickets. So you're waiting on that person to tell you how much fuel you're supposed to be putting on this plane. And if they wait until the last minute, then that plane's going to be late going out. And then guess who everybody gets mad at? It's not going to be the gate agent. It's, it's going to be, be you a- putting the gas in the plane. Yep. But as long as you covered your ass and wrote down what time you got that ticket, you're all good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would every single time. Mm-hmm. Even if you knew that plane was going out in 30 minutes and you were taking a heavy-ass load, you would still write that fucking time down that you got that ticket. Yep. And the time that you got off that plane. You're on and off times and whatnot and like you didn't have to write down the time you got the ticket if you got your ticket within a decent time to where you know that plane's coming in you've got an hour and a half to get it fueled and you get it like an hour before that plane is supposed to leave then you don't really have to write your uh time you got your ticket but you would still write your on and off times just in case if you had a fuck up and needed assistance or some shit like that but uh, but yeah, if you you wait until like the last thirty to anywhere from in thirty minutes prior to departure, and you don't have that fuel load yet, oh yeah, you definitely better write your on your time you got that ticket. Otherwise, that's your ass. Or you get some of those asshole pilots and be like, uh, "I need an uplift," and they've got five minutes before they're supposed to push out. Yeah, and they want fucking five hundred goddamn pounds of fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's the kind of stuff that made me want to punch a baby seal when I was working there. Oh yeah. And I, I literally told one I literally told this to one captain and he and I was like, You do know it takes me longer to set up than it does to put two hundred and fifty pounds of fuel in each fucking wing. You know? They didn't care. He's like I think really? sometimes they did it just for the hell of it. I'm like, yeah. Because, let's see here, if I remember how to do the math right. Yeah. It takes me longer, it would take me longer to set up than it would to put fucking 74 gallons of fuel in that goddamn plane. Yeah. Now, a lot of y'all might think, oh, 74 gallons isn't a lot. I'm like, yeah, it's not a lot. But, like, it literally takes two seconds to dump 25 gallons of fuel in each wing. Like you literally pull the rope, hold it for three seconds and let it go. Then you're like, all right, there's their 500 pounds. Yep. That's it. Or you would have these asshole fucking dick captains that you would fuel the plane. They would get to the plane like an hour and a half early. You would fuel it. 
you would get a call back 15 minutes prior to departure on that Pacific aircraft saying they want an uplift. You get the ticket and it's 200 pounds. And that's where you're like, turn your fucking APU off. Yep. That shit pissed me off the most. Yeah, I was not a fan of when they did that. Like, you would literally, for 200 pounds, you'd go pull, let go. All right, there you go. Did you ever have to drip stick any of those things? Oh, yeah. I loved drip sticking those, especially the older ones where it pissed out the stick. Oh, oh yeah. I would, I would aim it at the captain every day. Oh, time. fuck yeah. I'd tell the captain, be like, stand right there so you can get a good sight of it. They'd be like, okay. All of a sudden it starts coming out. They're like, go, oh, God damn it. You're like, oh, sorry about that. Forgot it did that. And they know damn well you knew it did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just did it so they'd have to go around smelling like fucking jet fuel all goddamn day. Yeah, because most of the time, the pilots were dicks. Exactly. Pilots were dicks. But, yeah. No, drip sticks on those planes, they are, they fucking suck. Yeah, I was not a fan of having to do those. Hey, I'll tell you this, though. I'd much rather fucking do a dripstick on fucking Southwest than doing a goddamn dripstick back then on a fucking uh, Delta 88. Oh, no, uh-uh. Fuck, on them Couldn't goddamn pay me things. enough to do that, man. No, on fucking them goddamn things, you got to get the fucking pitch, the fucking roll, all that shit. Fucking take a plume thing out there and be like, all right, yeah, there, there, all right, you know. Like, God damn. Uh-huh. Like, you had to have maintenance come out and do that shit. And y'all are probably saying, oh, it, it, that, that don't sound complicated, man. Motherfuckers, let me tell you, that shit is bullshit. I will tell anybody listening right now, if you are ever put through Delta's, you know, inoperable fuel gauge training, just say no. Yeah, don't don't do it. Because that's going to be like two days worth of your life wasted. And then, even though you might never get a fucking plane ever again on Delta that needs a fucking that's got an in-op gauge or anything like that, but when you do, especially if you're at a smaller base, a smaller space like we were, and you were only one of three other people that were qualified to do it, Guess who they gonna be calling if they can't get a hold of the other two people? Your ass. So don't do it, folks. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And if any fuelers that are out there, right? That are, and if anybody's listening out there that is currently uh, a fueler for the commercial airline side, or even the private, the uh, general aviation side. And y'all and y'all know exactly what we're talking about. We we've been there. <laughs> we know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anybody who's out there still doing that, I'll tell you right now, I don't envy you at all. No, we do not envy you at all. We we feel for you. Hopefully you're not with uh Menzies, not throwing, you know, and whatnot, because I don't know how your base is, how they run it, how y'all's base is, wherever you're based at, if you're with Menzies, and it's better than where we were at, hey, more power to you. 
But oh, it wasn't even Menzies. Menzies hadn't even come in yet by the time I was gone. Yeah. Well, they had they had bought the company, but they mm-hmm. had not transitioned over yet. Whenever I was still there. Yeah. So if y'all were with ASIC back at the time before it turned into uh, Menzies, we feel for you. We hope your base was a hell of a lot better than ours because ours was. It was all right. It's just. I think I still got an old ASIC shirt somewhere in my closet right now. Uh, I think I do too somewhere, maybe, or I might have thrown them all out. I know Kyle still has one. Hell, he still just, has all of his. I just missed the workout routine that it was. That's the only part about it I miss. Yep. And I miss like, I miss being outside. Yep. The only thing that I miss about being out there and whatnot is I miss the job itself and the people that I worked with, whether it be with uh, the company that, that were my coworkers or the people that I worked with on a daily basis and saw from the different airlines. Other than that, that's it. Like yeah. I can tell you right now, if I was a fucking millionaire I would literally start my own commercial airlines fueling company just because I miss it. Yeah, I probably, I would, if I could set my own schedule for that and I would make sure, you know, I could make decent money at it. Yeah. I'd, I'd go back to it. Oh yeah. Oh, we, we would make decent money. Trust me. Well, I mean, if we had our own company, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm talking about, you know, in a perfect world, be making money, have the schedule that I need, and just go out there and fuel planes all day, man. Oh hell yeah. I would I would do that in a heartbeat any day. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. And also if I could only pick and choose my crew. Oh, yeah. Same here. Oh, yeah. Like, I would pull you, Reed. I would pull Kyle. I'd pull Roberto. Man, I miss Roberto. Uh, I'd pull Lloyd. I would pull Jeremy, but only to be like a regular worker. Like, having him as a supervisor was not cool. Yeah. Agreed. Fuck Dom. I had no issues with Dom. That dude was in it. <sighs> so he, he would never he get could Dom be an asshole anyway. at times. A, yeah, but you wouldn't. You never get Dom back, anyways. He's a fucking AP mechanic for Skywest out there. So, well, so is Jeremy. At least, at least that's the last thing I heard. So is Jeremy. He would never come back to it anyway either. Um, let's see. Who else would I bring back to get you the You remember dream Robert? Team? Oh, yeah. I'd bring him back. Yep. What about Thorne? I mean. Would you bring I her had back? Nothing ag- I had nothing against her. Well, I'm just saying, like, would you bring her back? Eh. I would. Eh. What about CJ? 
Eh. Eh. Fuck Pierre. Oh yeah, he can go get fucked. <laughs> no, uh, jokingly, like he he was not a terrible person. No, outside of work, we'll say that. I will say this: outside of work, he was cool as shit. Inside of work, oh yeah, I can sit and chat with him and yeah. joke around and shit in the break room all day long. Yeah, like his he's the kind of guy that where he's cool as shit to hang out with outside of work and whatnot and what everything. But when it comes to work, he'd be one of the laziest motherfuckers you would ever meet. You know? But other than that, it's cool as fuck. Like, I, I, I wouldn't mind hanging out with him outside of work. But inside work, no, I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand his work side of it. I'm trying to think of some other people from, like, back during my time there. I can think of some others. I just don't know that I'd bring them back. Yeah. I mean, you got Barnett. He's kind of a... Eh. As a fueler, he was cool. Yeah. When he when he changed positions, though... Um, yeah. When he went to QC and didn't do shit? Yeah, well... Yeah. Neither did his predecessor. Wayne... Oh, it was Wayne before him. I was thinking um, uh, Jim. I don't know if you remember Jim. No. No, it's still funny. When I was out there working at Prime Flight and whatnot, Wayne was still out there and whatnot. Uh, it's always funny. I'd always see him out there having the fucking fuel from Southwest Plains in the earth playing some flights in general or like frontier and whatnot and the look on his face was like god damn these motherfuckers. i just thought that was wayne's regular face man like mm-hmm. he was he was cool to joke around with and stuff too but yeah. um yeah, yeah as far as working with him on the ramp yeah yeah i definitely bring miguel with oh uh, miguel was cool as shit i would bring miguel in a heartbeat Miguel Geo Geo was cool. Geo was cool. Geo Elmer. was cool. I still, I still to this day want to know what the hell happened with Geo. Uh, from what I heard, see, this he, is what I, this is what I heard from the grapevine that something, something happened. He knocked up a chick at the airport, and that's all I'm gonna say because I'm not throwing all that shit out there. Oh, see, I hadn't even heard none of that. Yeah. What I heard was he uh, he got hurt or something at work. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember And then that. while he was out, somehow he picked up a job with another company fueling. Uh-huh. I think it was uh, uh, – I remember that. I remember – Hearing something about that because him and Lloyd went out and had a big talking conversation about that. And then something about between him working over there and being on some kind of like medical leave or whatever, it it was fucked up. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. I totally forgot about that. 
totally forgot about that. But as far as like him and some other girl at the airport, I ain't know nothing about that. Yeah, that's what I heard from Kyle. Something like that. Or yeah, I can't I can't remember who I heard that from. That's who I heard it from. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Still friends with them on Facebook. We just don't talk. Yeah. I'm still friends with Lloyd on Facebook. Hardly ever talk to that man though. Yeah, same here. <sighs> No, you, Reed, and Kyle are the only people I ever talked to from my time out there. Yeah, same here, pretty much. And then I talked to a couple other people out there that I met when I went back for the third and final time. Yeah. Like Vinton and all them crazy fucks. Yeah, it's Fun times out there, man. Lots of fun times. But yeah, but like we were saying, all you guys out there and ladies that are doing the damn thing, feeling, keep it up, man. Y'all, hats off to you. Hats off to you. We know what it's like. We've been in the grind. We've been in the dirt. We've been in the nitty gritty. You know, we don't envy you. We we don't hate you. We know what it's like. We applaud you. Yep, because we know some days it's just pure shit. Some days it's pure shit. Some days it's fucking great. And, yeah. Some days it's like, God, this is the best fucking job I've ever had. And then some days you're like, God, this is the worst, shittiest fucking job I've ever had. Why in the fuck did I do it? (laughs) But then you get up in the morning or you tell people what you do and you're like, yeah, I feel I feel commercial aircraft for a living. And they're like, really? And they're like, that must be cool. I'm like, yeah, it has its ups and downs. It has its ups and downs. But I mean, you know, one thing that I liked about it is, yeah, you did the same shit over and over every day, but every day was not the same. It was always different. Right. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um I mean, honestly, the days that I hated the most were just the days when it was raining. Yes. I hated trying to do that shit in the rain. Yep. Doing it in the rain, I hated it. Fucking paperwork in the rain. Hated that the most. Yep. Well, y'all. That's kind of the origin story of how the the redneck gnome and the redneck Yankee got to know each other. Yep. It all started with bumming cigarettes off of people. All started with bumming cigarettes off of people and trying not to light our asses on fire. From all the fucking fumes. Which is amazing. You could be completely doused in jet fuel but still light up a cigarette and not have to worry about blowing yourself up. Yeah. Oh, and I'm going to throw this out there. If anybody that listens to our podcast and is a fueler, whether it be commercial or general or private, private or private, 
And what privately I mean by like private planes and whatnot. I want somebody out there that is a fueler, and I know you can agree with me on this. Is it just me and the gnome or but did jet fuel make your fucking food taste a hell of a lot better? Like, okay. That's that's a weird thing to put out there. No, um, it's like like just like not like physically eating the jet fuel with your food, but like like washing your hands and getting, you know, and still having that smell of jet fuel on there while you're eating. Did it just not make the shit or taste better? To me it did. Like, especially Taco Bell. Oh my God. I don't know what it is. But like you could wash your hands as many times as you want, but still have that smell on your hands, even though you know there ain't no goddamn jet fuel on there and whatnot. But it would it's just something about that smell that would just make it be like, God, this shit smells delicious. I'll be real honest. The only food that I mainly ate when I was working out there was ramen noodles because I was that broke. <laughs> yeah. That and the $5 employee plate from the barbecue place that was up in the terminal. Yep, which is no longer there anymore. Yeah. Well. They even took away fucking Popeye's chicken, the fucking bastards. Did they really? Yes. I ain't been on that side of the terminal in forever. Like, last time I was in there, I mean, we always we always go through Southwest. Yeah. But Well, the next time y'all fly out on Southwest... You can now go in between all the concourses because they got the middle section back open up now. Yeah. So where you don't have to, if you want to go to like A or or a, uh, A or B side, A or B concourse, you don't have to go out through security and go back in. You can just. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can do that now. But yeah. So the next time you fly out of Nashville, going to Florida or wherever on Southwest, and you got enough time, gander over to AB side. That shit is completely different. Gotcha. Yeah, like the food court up there, Wendy's is gone, Popeyes is gone. Uh, yeah, the barbecue place that had the pizza is gone. That Mexican joint's gone. Yeah, place has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, before we wrap this up, just because I normally like to keep this music related, what you've been listening to this week? This week, man, I've really I've been listening to a lot of shit. Like it's been it's been a mixture of like Adele, fucking uh some rock and shit, fucking the Lady Gaga song that was in uh, Maverick. Don't hate, that's a damn good song. Uh, I ain't and, seen Maverick. Uh, it's a damn good movie too. Damn good movie. Um, and yeah, just some and a lot of old school shit like corn and and whatnot. Either all that shit. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I've been on a country kick, actually. Um, a country kick? Yeah. 
believe it or not, TikTok made me do it. Um, <laughs> One of them TikTok made me do it, motherfuckers. No, seriously, like just flipping through, um, you know, just killing time and yeah, yeah, yeah. just scrolling across um, Co Wetzel. Yeah. Mainly because there's one song that just reminds me so much of my early 20s. It, it's insane. The name of the song is February 28, 2016. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to check that song out. It's it's. If it doesn't make you think of your younger days, then I don't there's you didn't live life right. Um, <laughs> no, but that Coulter Wall, Tyler Childers, um, Sturgill Simpson. There's a, a kid out of Kentucky who's been around for a little while named Ian No, who's got some good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The song Letters to Madeline is really good. But yeah, uh, that and this uh, this space grunge Nirvana sounding band um, out of Texas called Dexter and the Moon Rocks is really good. Like they're just getting started, so uh-huh. they don't have a whole lot of music yet. But check them out on Spotify, dude. They are great. Okay. But I yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Uh, that's what I've been listening to this week. All right. And we've been at this for about an hour now. Hell yeah. So I reckon uh, we'll plug the socials real quick if you want to tell them about where to find us. All right. Uh, Socials, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah. Facebook, uh, since they're assholes, we say this every time. You will not be able to find us under the Two Ugly Bastards podcast. It is under all capital letters, the T-U-B-S podcast. Because Facebook is a dick and won't let us use our whole name. Yeah, uh, look for the Tubbs podcast on Facebook, but on Twitter... And Instagram, you can find us, um, the Two Ugly Bastards podcast. Um, if you go to tweet us, it's going to be at Two Bastards. But you can find us on there. Um, feel free to hit us up. Hit us Talk up. bad about us. I don't care. Tell us you learned something new about aviation. Yep. And I'll tell you this, and, I, and I'll tell you this right now. If there's people out there that are wondering what the aviation business is all about. Please reach out to me on Facebook. I will tell you what it's like, what's the pros, what's the cons, because I've done everything. I've done ground handling. I've done fueling. Uh, my current job, I'm still in the aviation field. I fix and overhaul and repair general aviation aircraft parts. So I, I've, I've done it all pretty much. So About the only thing you haven't done is fly the plane. Exactly. 
That's about the only thing I haven't done. So, yeah, if you – and I can tell you right now, aviation field is one of the fields to get into because it's one of those job security things. Because as long as they're flying, they ain't going to need people. Absolutely. Well, I reckon that's it from us. Until the next time, all you beautiful buttholes and ugly bastards. We will see y'all later. <laughs>